0: another episode of Ben frank now um today's a special day we are running our first zoom episode can you believe that and we are recording right now i'll be dale but um, if y'all hear the music back in the background it's the same old beat um hope everybody's doing good on this thursday um not too bad not too bad of course i'm frank y'all see me on zoom you know who i am now you see the panel up here. We got everybody together today for the first time. Maybe a few more times. We'll see how everything go. Introduce yourself, starting with Amelia.
1: I'm Amelia.
0: That's it. I mean, you're on a video. You can't say, I'm Amelia. You my see hands that's... are full.
1: I have to hold my phone. I have to hold this microphone. I'm good. I'm Amelia. All right.
0: Hello. We got Amelia. Y'all see your <laughs> face. Y'all see her face. Go ahead. Hi. I'm Sophia. Hi. There you Hi. go. That's Miss DuPont. We're gonna get her going. Hey, this is Stallings. Yeah, you already know that's a Sunday with Stallings. Sunday with Stallings. Hey everybody. Hope everybody doing good today. How y'all doing out there?
2: I'm pretty good, man. How you
0: doing? I'm good, man. Just sitting here, um, got my damn hands full, man, you know, trying to do everything and shit. But um it's gonna be an interesting day, you know what I'm saying? Um first time for Zoom. Shout out to those who wanted me to uh finally do this not really feeling too comfortable about it but we'll see how it goes right see how everything works so yeah um shout out to peter we with you man enjoy that babysitting duties (laughs) but um overall though everything's all good if you hear a little loud one i mean a little one back here that's our daughter who's awake right now she's walking around um sophie how the kids going they're doing all right um we're
3: planning a birthday party for next thursday
0: Okay, okay, okay. And so if we uh, like we talk about we're going to, have to get your show going, right? People want to hear you, man. People want to see that pretty face. What are you going to do?
3: I mean, whenever you're ready, let me know. Right
0: on. We're going to have to get you going so we'll be taping and get you on Wax pretty soon. And Sunday with Stones. What you got planned for us this week, Stones? Are it going to be a secret? And uh, like like every week, man, you let me know. Uh an hour before and we'll make it happen. <laughs> you ain't lying, <laughs> hour before. We how I many tell Stalls, yeah, man. I'll call you at eight o'clock your time. would be there well at nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night. But ain't. I appreciate you being patient with us, man. You know how it is with oh, this God. with the little one, oh, man. God. Like I said, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I see it. I see
3: you're crushing the numbers there, <laughs>
0: the numbers. And, and People people
2: are locked up at home, ain't got nothing to do, so why not tune in? <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly. Ain't nothing to do. What about you, Amelia? How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm great.
0: you great. Just nah.
1: living the life here in Arizona.
0: Hell yeah, man. I hope everybody. Yeah, yo, you're getting a heat <laughs> wave. we in this the- beautiful place and we can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Y'all getting a heat wave out there uh, New York, aren't y'all? Yes. Yeah,
3: it's yeah.
0: pretty. Yeah, it was horrible
3: today, but um, we got a lot of rain.
0: Really? And we,
3: yeah, calm things down a little good well, deal here in the city,
0: so good deal good all right hell yeah that's good that's good so how's everything going back home man weather wise and all that it's cool
2: man it's uh it's been pretty hot as well uh, by the 90s um uh, you know no clouds it's been pretty good man typical uh, typical july week i
0: can, i can Hell oh, yeah, a good deal, man. Yeah, and what that one thing I was wanting to talk about today. Um, I posted a video on Facebook last night. It was, I don't know, if you guys seen it about that bullying.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, yeah that yeah. that I don't know, that's a problem. Is there is bull? I mean, I didn't realize bullying is still a thing nowadays. I, okay, what I mean by that, and maybe it's, if things get recorded. I shouldn't say that. Let me reword that. I, I didn't realize there's. That much bullying amongst females. Let me say that. And, okay, just hear me females out. Females are the worst. See, I always thought dudes were the worst. No. is that
3: correct? If anything, bullying is starting at a younger age now. That's what's shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I my seven year old came home and she told me, "Mommy, this girl called my friend fat," and I had to uh, stand up for my friend. They're in the second grade. Yeah. So Second grade. I didn't even think they need to worry about stuff like that in the second grade. If anything, bullying has got, it has gotten worse. Kids are starting at a younger age. Second I mean, grade. Yeah, second grade. Typically, I, I get high school girls or catty. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I didn't expect second graders to be doing this already.
0: Wow. Have You ever been bullied before?
2: Me? <laughs> any of y'all, yeah. Have any of y'all been bullied
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just thinking of when you were like in the second grade. I can remember my parents got divorced when we were in second grade and kids were really mean because I went to such a small school that nobody had divorced parents at the time. And so I was definitely the outcast with that situation, but...
0: Oh, wow. What about you, starlin
2: Absolutely. man. I, I, was, I was one of the fat kids in class. So, of mm-hmm. course, I was... You know, like any any reference to uh, to a cartoon character that was or, or a movie character that was big, yeah, I, I was I was called that, and um, you know, so like yeah, I mean, I I just kind of just assumed, you know, growing up, like that was just part of the territory. I, I remember yes. bullying, bullying going on, like in elementary school, middle school, high school, high school, and you know, I think like Frank, if you remember, like you know, high school was more by that by that point, you kind of got like numb to it. It was just kind of like it was all fun and games and everything and everybody you know what I'm saying, but like I think now it's a combination of like you know with you know bullying you know with social media, but then like now you have you know i mean you can you can get bullied at school Mm -hmm. but then you get bullied on social media where people put stuff up on posts and Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. think it's on a completely different level when it comes to that
3: though yes Mm -hmm. yes like it follows you home like you can't Mm -hmm. just leave it at the school anymore this follows you home and that's
0: and that's funny you talk about school you both mentioned school and this is where i want to dive into what if we had that role model that mentor would that be somebody that we should have more in schools that we can talk to and talk to them about the situation that we have in our personal life? But there's some things you can you can't talk to your parents about, like bullying, you know, I mean, or you might can I don't know. Just some things you can't talk to your parents about. Maybe having that role model at the school that can, you know, guide you. and be. I'm, I remember being a mentor at elementary. I remember talking to a few kids and they'll come and talk to me about things they can't tell your parents about. Do you think they will work in today's day and age and maybe slow down or kind of um, put a light to bullying?
3: Well, well, um, I I see a different route they're taking down here. Uh, I'll speak for the city here where like the public schools, they have like all types of coordinators. There's student coordinators, there's um, different like where where kids are not comfortable to speak into the social worker at the school they can go and speak to the coordinators who are typically younger um you know people that the kids can relate to yeah. like they because back in the day when i was growing up over here the the social workers were typically older They we had nothing in common so it, it was a little difficult to speak to them now they're 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 incorporating all these coordinators. there's um there's a housing coordinator now in public school. Apparently, there's a lot of kids that are homeless um and is going to public school. so there's a, a person that, yeah, homeless children, yes. And the definition of homeless is, I guess any kid who's residing with a parent that doesn't have a legal lease. I, like if a kid is li- living with an aunt. At that aunt's home, technically that kid is considered homeless. Uh, so, um, so they have like the uh, the housing coordinator, there's student coordinator, and usually I see now they're younger and they relate to the kids with like hip hop or whatever the kids are into now. They sports, a whatever movie that's hip. Mm-hmm. Um, they do nights like movie nights. They do different things for the kids. So I do see a lot of things changing. Um, and another thing, too, like they we had like um rec centers uh, all over Brooklyn where yeah. kids would. Yeah. And kids used to go to the rec centers and just, you know, hang out there. But it came a time where funding was a problem. It's so they fun. started closing. Yeah, they closed. They started closing all these stuff down. But I see a lot of people from the neighborhoods, which. Which goes back to me um, saying, because um, I know I see a lot of people saying, like, you guys are not doing anything in your neighborhoods. And, and you know, um, you're always so quick to say, you know, Black Lives Matter. But what are you doing in your neighborhoods? Mm. And my question is always, like, you know, do you come to these neighborhoods to see what the people are doing? Mm-hmm. Because I see a lot of different programs that I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're renting out buildings, giving kids after school snacks, helping them um, with homework and different stuff. So I, I see a lot of people stepping up in that mentor um, aspect. So, wow. which
1: is a, a good thing.
0: Good deal. Good deal.
1: I would agree with that, and I think um, I see a lot, especially like at the job that I started here in Arizona. There's a lot more programs that like are attaching a mentor program with um, mm-hmm. with what they've got going on, and so. I think that's amazing. And I think um, it stinks because funding is always like the biggest issue. Of um, Where are we going to come up with the money to do this? But I think, um, yeah, the mentor piece of it, 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 they are attaching that to a lot. And it's crazy what programs are available in public schools right now. And it's not a bad thing. It's an awesome thing. But it also makes me like wonder, like, what are we doing as a society that we need all these programs now for kids and like, where are their parents? (laughs) Uh-huh. But that's another gig.
2: And that, and that's what I was about to say too. Is like I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, um, when you look at these mentoring programs, how many of these kids are actual kids that don't have not just parents but a father? Um, I think, I think one thing that you know that dads give to a kid, um, and I said this in my in our show a couple of weeks ago, is is a confidence. Uh, so even if you have a bully coming in on you. Um, you know, father who who reinforces who you are and, and build and build that confidence of who you are. Um, yeah, bullying still will hurt, but it won't drive you to a level where that you just you know where bullying can take you emotionally. So, um, yes, yeah, so like even even like you know the the bullier, um, you know they you know, as well. I mean, there's there's purpose there's purposes behind why that kid or that, why that person is bullying. You know, they probably need. A boost in their life too, and that's why they're coming and going after kids like they like to do. So again, like I'm, I'm just always curious, like with all these programs, these mentoring programs. How many of these kids actually don't have their their father around? So,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go you. Go
3: ahead. Um, one thing that I do, I do um see, fathers, especially in these neighborhoods, they are, they're stepping up. I see a lot of. Dads getting involved and stepping up, but at the same time, I see that, yeah, kids do need a father figure that's just that there's no doubt about it. but I feel like that same confidence can be installed by their moms. It doesn't yes. necessarily have to be the dad. I've seen women stronger than men
2: yes
3: of <laughs> I've course. seen you know women being able to instill certain discipline on their children better than certain men. Um, and to go back to the kid doing the bullying, maybe their father is a bully, mm-hmm.
2: mm.
3: you know, maybe they're mm. picking that up from somebody, you know, um, so it can go both ways. Um, the dad can install positive and negative as well. So, oh yeah. um, yeah. I think,
1: well, I think I, I like that, that you say that. Cause I think, um, I think if you looked at kids that were bullying, a lot of them don't have a positive person, adult in their life. And in reality, it's probably happening at home which is super unfortunate. Um uh-huh. and so yeah, and then it's just carrying over into school into school or wherever they may be. I mean, I've seen I I mean, in my work I've seen lots of moms that bully their kids and like uh-huh. and I've seen dads uh-huh. that bully their kids where I'm just like, I cannot believe you would ever treat your child like that where it's just they're just mean and it, you know it might be a generational thing it might be whatever but it's unfortunate that that your home is supposed to be your safe place mm-hmm. and uh-huh. the people who are supposed to take care of you the most aren't doing it and then it's trickling out into what you've got going on
4: and another you,
2: thing go
3: ahead
2: yeah go ahead yeah, yeah. uh, well i was i was wanting to go you know go back to what you what you were saying about moms and and dads um You know, of of course, like you you have, you know, moms who, you know, step up and can give kids confidence. But what what I'm saying is, is that just as just as I've said before, each parent has a very unique responsibility to a child. Um, You know, moms tend to be very nurturing. Generally, when both parents are present, moms responsibilities or or um, abilities or not abilities, but. Responsibilities are very strong when the child is young. As that child gets older, dad becomes a lot more appropriate, or not appropriate, but a stronger responsibilities. because now we're talking about discipline. Now we're talking about drive. Now we're, So I'm saying, I'm not saying that moms can't do that because clearly moms have been doing that. Um, what I'm saying is, is that when, when dad is actually stepping up and dad is actually involved, um, I think that you get a better package of a child. Than just was being raised by one kid.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you oh, yeah, know, yeah. that's that's a lot to say. I totally agree. Um another thing is how would um I read a I'm trying to find the article, that's a funny thing. They said a lot of the bully the the the, the bully comes from a background not only from drug abuse or substance abuse or any type of abuse or maybe they come from a upper echelon of a rich family but they're crying out for help do you believe that also like sometimes these kids are crying out for help just because they don't know how to interact you know at an early age we don't you know when you're 15 16s years old, you don't know how to communicate, you know? So the best way you can do is what? Find a way to torture another person, but maybe that's a way of crying out. Do you believe that or not?
3: I mean, kids are have been socially awkward for centuries. I mean that's that's a given. Um and sometimes socially awkward kids mm-hmm. try to fit in by doing stuff that makes no sense. And if if and for them to I, I, I see a pattern children like, younger crowds, they all want to be down. Yes, and, yes, yes. And, and it seems like nobody can... I mean, I've seen a couple of youth that, that can stand on their own, but everybody want to belong somewhere.
0: Yes. And yes.
3: Sometimes, um, sometimes that's where bullying happens or where, like, one would sit back and watch someone gets bullied just because that's my crew and I don't want to go against them. But typically, I feel like kids understand what bullying is and they know it's wrong mm-hmm. you know but oftentimes it's well this is my crew i just you know i, I just have to roll with it if i, I still want to be down so sometimes it's not even what the parents install in the kids it's like you you, you sent you send your kid out there mm-hmm. with the best that you can and they still pick up these things. So we have to be very careful with that, too. Because I see when kids do things, they're like, oh, the parents. And yeah. sometimes it's not really the parents. It's just what the kids pick up. Yep,
0: that is correct. That is true. How do you feel about, um, like, what about role modeling? You know, do you have a role model when you grew up, like when you were younger? Do you have someone that you kind of looked up to? Like, you know what? I want to be just like that individual.
3: Anybody um. <laughs> Well, it's such a cliche. I'm going to say my role model was my mom. Okay, um, okay. okay. She was a single mother. Uh-huh. Um, she did everything she had to do. Um, right. We never went a day without. Uh, we've had all the latest style, just like every kid. We were in every activity like other kids. And Nobody would know that, you know, we were raised by a single mom. And we're we all turned out great. Um, kudos to your mom i i do i do agree that you know there's some certain things that i could have picked up if my father was around um he passed away when i was really young so sorry about that um that's uh, i i got used to it by now (laughs) um but um yeah so i i do i do see you know like certain things could have been different some some days i think you know uh could have I could have been a daddy's girl. How, how that feels, you know, like what that looks like or, you know, what, what, what that would look like for me. But like I said, I always commend my mom. She worked endlessly, many jobs. And, you know, um, she raised us in the neighborhood. Like we, we, we grew up in Brooklyn, but you know, certain times we have to, we had to be inside. We couldn't be hanging out and, so she just she just instilled like a lot of goodness in me, and a lot of the things that I, I do now, it's thanks to my mother. Um, you know, I, I grew up public school, eating public school lunch, but I still strive. Like I I did what I needed to do in order to get where I need where I am today, good and deal. I'm not doing the shabby. You know, it's no, pretty
0: no. good deal. Good yeah. deal. How about you, Mr. Stallings? You have a um, a role model that you looked up to. We were younger.
2: Man, as as I as I as I've gotten older and as you you know brought asked that question, I'm thinking like I have like a Voltron like, you know, group of people, yeah. man, that that I can say was a role my like, I can't just give that belt to one person. You know that, what I'm saying? So yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely like my foundation was was my parents. Um academically, like, you know, my, my, my mom specifically um you know she educated woman you know she has a master's and it, it was funny because like i grew i came through school thinking that everybody went to college right you know like right. I, I thought everybody was, it was kind of like you know the next step after high school was college and you know and that's just what you did not knowing that you know not everybody went but like, that was because i grew up thinking that that's just what you do like academics was that important um you know, my discipline, you know, came from my mother. Um, my dad, you know, just, you know, he he was more, like I said, he, he was more like I watched and saw how he conducted himself and carried himself, and, you know, like, that's a man. That's how a man's supposed to be. That's, you know, my my uncle, my you know, my late uncle, uh, my uncle son, like, he was another one that I looked up to. Um, you know, spiritually, you know, my pastor, you know, uh, he, he came into my life when I was 16. Um, and, and, and showed me that, you know, this is what Christianity is and this is what it's not, you know? And it was like, you know, and that in itself just like directed me in a different, completely different path than where I could have been, um, if not if I didn't have a path in my life. So I think like, you know, my, I had several role models and even like sports wise, you know, I, I, had, I had coaches that specific coaches that, you know you know, gave me the encouragement I was like, you know what, I can do this. I remember, you know, uh Mr. Kennedy and Mr. Roebuck in middle school. They got me in the, they got me on the track. You wow. know, and I ended up, you know, I ended up, you know, you know, doing track in high school or doing track in middle school on accident because they pushed me to, to go do it. And I messed around and did it in college, which helped pay for pay for my college education. So Good, yeah, I, I, I had a lot, man. I had a lot a lot of influence influencers and a lot of role models
0: that that help give me where I am. Oh yeah, good deal. What about you, Amelia? Hold on. I gotta
1: switch hands. <laughs> like four hundred things going in only two hands. Um, I can't really, I can't really think of anybody growing up. I mean, obviously, I, obviously, I, um, I mean, my parents are my world. They taught me a lot, and it's really funny that you say that Stallings that you thought like growing up that you just went to college and that's what you did because my parents didn't go to college. And they always pushed that for us. And so I think that's one thing that they, the best thing they could have done for us is that they always said, I don't want you to struggle and work as hard as we are. It'll be so much easier with your college degree. Just go to school. And so then when I dropped out of college the first time around, I was a flunk out because I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, it was crazy their response to that. But they stuck with me. And I can't imagine. Not having those people in my life to say you can do better, we want better for you, um, and to do all of that. And I mean, I ended up going and getting my master's degree and doing all that. But it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's weird because I didn't like growing up um, where I grew up. Um, I mean, yeah, I was the bigger girl in my class, and I mean, I played sports and I did all that kind of stuff, but. There weren't ever any coaches or anybody that was just like, Amelia, you could totally do this. And like going, looking back, like coming from the small town that I came from, I could have probably easy gone to a, like a small community college and played basketball or done something just to have that. But nobody ever, it was crazy. Nobody ever like reached out. And I think maybe that kind of molded who I am now, where I'm like, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of kids in this world who need somebody to like step up and say, you can do this and you've got this. And like, let's look at what your talents are because. In reality, I don't, I didn't really have anybody that was like, yeah, you can, you can do all these great things. So that's awesome that you had that, Stallings, because there just wasn't like going to a school that small, you're, they're only invested in a few people. And it's the people with money or the people who have clout or whatever the case may be. I think be.
0: Stalls want to elaborate probably on that one right so, there.
1: So, um, so, and it's, and it's really unfortunate because there were a lot of, like, I look back at all the kids that I went to high school with and what they're doing now. And I'm like, man, I went to school with some talented kids and there were just people that should have been giving them every resource in the world and they didn't give them the time of day. Yep. So I think that was a probably, I mean, maybe in a way that was a role model for me because they gave me, you know, the ambition to know that not to just not let that happen to other kids. I don't know.
0: Well, it's, and it's interesting y'all say that because I can honestly say, and like I told you before, I never had a role model. As I look back at this age right now, I don't remember having a role model. You know, it's I mean, I think I had a lot of people in my life I looked at and said, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be like her. I don't want to be like that dude, that dude, and that dude. You know, so I kind of took the role model and put my own little spin on it. And basically it was like a, a tool I used to learn a you know what? I don't want to be like that, but I'm going to take their good qualities and mix it with that good quality that person got. And I'll make my own little role model, you know? So it was more of a fictional role model, but it was a role model on a level of knowing how to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Like there are going to be struggles. And and my life is different than a lot of people. Like all, all of our lives are, but it's like, I always tell Melia to get to A to Z, some people take B, C, D and so on. i kind of go to A to M back to C go you know i hop around but i still get there regardless so my path a little bit longer but i kind of make it harder on myself maybe if i did have that role model or that mentor at an early age maybe i would have um been having the structure and where with basically the study habits or whatever it takes to stay focused and stay and keep the drive i um i find that i leaned on god i can say that i leaned on God, at, um later on in life, when, especially I think when I get in my early thirties, I think that's when I really accepted Christ in my life and started leaning on God. So I consider him my role model. But for as like any living human being, no, I had some inspirational guys, you know, and they were they were in sports guys. And Stalling, you remember Hubert Thompson? Hubert Thompson was a man in the neighborhood that I respected a lot. You know, um, come from an athletic family, but you know, Hubert yeah. never made it out, but. He was just this good old guy, you know what I'm saying, that would give his shirt off his back. And um, I respected him, you know. Um, that's the guy I looked up to, you know. I, I was more inspired by him because of his soft side i mean the the man was a beast you know he was a beast but he had a soft side well spoken and i respected that but when it comes to like athletes and and musicians and stuff like that hell no i didn't get i mean or my or family or anybody no i didn't look up to nobody because i felt like everybody had their flaws and i'm like you know we all have our flaws but i don't want to be like him I take some of his good, but I don't want to be exactly like him. And I don't really like maybe that's why I'm so stubborn now because <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have that role model I looked up to like a, you know, everybody had their parents or mom and there's no not against my parents at all, you know, love them to death. But I just felt like they they pushed me as far as they could. Coaches didn't wasn't my role model, you know, because I mean, it was like they looked at me as, "Oh, that's Big Frank, you know, you're an athlete." No, you're not looking at me as Big Frank as the kid though you know so i kind of sensed that at an early age but i kept it quiet and i just kind of did my own thing so yeah that's why i find the rest though so like i said i mean it's interesting about role models and what you guys had as role models and that's kudos man that's cool uh, and hope i can just be a role model for my kids and kids in the neighborhood and and
3: i think uh, i think it's so interesting how each of us have a different perspective yeah um and um so when you said role model, like somebody you were going to look up to, mm-hmm. I immediately went to my mother. Yeah, but I like how you said you had inspirational people. So I guess Stalin, I I'm curious. Like all the people you mentioned, you see yourself growing up being like them when when you get to their age, or or were they inspirational to you? I guess
2: um, you talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I,
2: no, no, no. I no. I, I think I think kind of like what Frank said. Take a little bit of this from from this person, a little bit from that person. I think mm-hmm. collectively, I think you know. I, I guess I guess like when when yeah when I, when you think about the word role model, you think I, I I kind of initially thought like someone that you look up, someone that mm-hmm. you would almost kind of like you know role model and, and inspir uh, and it's inspirational could kind of be you know synonymous to each other, but. Um, but yeah, no, I I looked at like all of them to be an inspiration to me in a certain part of my life, mm. um, uh. you know. And so, like, um, you know, I, I would love to be able to have, have like the drive like my mother. I would love to to be a renaissance man like my, like my father. I would love to have the knowledge and understanding spiritually or uh, scripturally as my my pastor, you know, or you know, have the the ability to to influence, you know, kids like, like you know, my coaches, you know. So I think, like, collectively, I just took bits and pieces, like how Frank said, bits and pieces from certain people to where I'm, like, all together, like, that, that's who I would, like, you know, I'd like to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 I get it, I get it.
3: Okay, I see.
1: Well, and I think right now, no. like, the thing that, like, scares me the most is I think that the people that, um, kids now see as like mentors and those kind of people are like professional athletes and musicians and like all those kinds of people and I think that means and it's just I don't know we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we came on where it's like you know like yeah it's great that you want to be like those people and you want to make it big and make all the money but in reality like how how real is that and so I think for me it's just more important like really important for us as a society to step up and like really be like real role models for kids you know like like this is you can go to college you can do these things this is what you can do with your degree this is what you how you can make a difference in your in your community or whatever the case may be i mean if you want to make millions of dollars that's great but go to school and do it this way you know like just kind of giving kids different avenues rather than just yep you're going to make it as an athlete and you're going to make lots of money and your your life's going to be pie like I just don't think that's realistic, and I think we're setting a lot of kids up for failure, especially if they don't have that guidance at home.
3: Yeah, and just to just to add on to that, um, I think we can even take it a little further. Um, we can even say, you know, as role models, I don't, because I, now I, I'm working with uh, mental health, um, the, the mental health population,
4: mm-hmm. and there's
3: a lot of youth um, that, their go-to is school is not for everybody. Yes. So as a role model, I've also lo- learned that I tell kids if that's if you want to pick up a trade, mm-hmm. that's also okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to have a college degree. You just need to learn how to survive. You need yep. to trade. Oh, yeah. You need to have something to lean on because the, the older we get, you know, the harder the world gets. Yes. So uh-huh. I mean. I, I yeah, I think we need to, like, not only installing kids that, you know, you don't have to be a basketball player, you don't have to be um, an athlete, you don't have to be a rapper, but you can also tell kids, you know, you don't have to have a four year degree. You can pick up a trade and make more money than somebody with a degree. You know, just, you just have to be focused and have a goal of survival in mind. You just have to inspire to be something.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you feel that, um, more, the more black kids are looking at the athletes and the rappers more for guidance, unlike the white kids that's looking more towards their parents or maybe a teacher or some leader in their neighborhood. And how Absolutely. can and, and how can we change the stigma?
2: I mean, I I, I agree with that that is um, consistently across the board. I mean, black white. Or anything. I I think that kids in general want to look up to those who are famous and influential. So um, when you you look at like, you know, just just, you know, speaking of, of, you know, my profession as a special education teacher, you know, I I have this conversation with kids all the time Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, what do they they want to be when they grow up? Especially, especially fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, eighth, eighth graders. They all want to be athletes. Yeah. Right? Like um and they and their aspirations to become an athlete is rooted off of fame and money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and I and I have and I have the conversation with the kids I'm like, you know, you gotta be a triple threat if you if you truly wanna be an athlete just making it to the college level. Yep. You know, I explain what I call it a triple threat. A triple threat is someone who's who's coachable. Who who's in, who who's a uh, uh, has their academics together and has the physical physical uh, uh abilities to, to do what it is that they want to do in the sport, and you know and so like I, I give as a reminder like well, if I have a huge slack and not getting their work done, you know whatever it's like you know so you're not a triple threat right now so I'm not sure how you are gonna get to that to your goal if you if you're not you know being a triple threat at all times. And so you know, and so what a lot of them realize like this is hard work. Yeah, this is hard work. Not everybody's going to be LeBron when they could just you know go to high school straight and they go straight to the league.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: you have to get you have to get to college or even in in, in middle school. I mean, uh, um, in a high school, you know, especially especially in our township, like it's a it's a high school. I mean, that's an athletic population. You got yes. to be able to stand out, you know. And, and if you know, then we you have you know, I, t- I give my my story. All the time when it comes to uh, like when it came to recruiting and stuff like that, you know, you know, you can have college recruits come in, be like, you know, see game film of you, that they can come to the high school, look at your transcripts, and they walk straight out the door.
0: Like, oh yeah,
2: this kid would never make it. So I have those real conversations with them, and then outside, like, i like, and like you know, like Sophia said about a trade, you know, people are always going to need to have electricity. People are always going to need their plumbing done. Yep. People are always want to need houses built learn a trade, learn something, you know what yes. I'm saying? Like, don't be content with just finishing high school and now I want to go to work at, you know, rallies. Yes. You know, like, find a trade, learn, learn learn, how to be an entrepreneur, learn a trade, learn a skill to, that you can go and sell to sell to the public, you know, and so, you know, I, I think, like, because you, know, you brought it to specifically to black kids in general, mm-hmm. I think, like, um, yeah, I, I think, like, you know, that, that kind of comes back to, to educate their our kids and give them all the options, because it's easy to say like I want to be an athlete because it's a sport, it's fun. But what if it doesn't work? Then if it doesn't work, then what? What do they have left? Exactly, you're right. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them don't have anything, so therefore it ends up being, you know, lost dreams and you know, yes sir. You know, find you right. I have a question though. Do
1: you think? Do you think like so? You guys said based on race, but also. Like, I kind of feel like, yes, race plays a factor, but also socioeconomic status. Like, if you think about if I mean, I feel like that plays a bigger role than race some of the times, because in reality, like if you're if you're from a family that's low income or living below the poverty level, mom and dad are probably working two, three jobs just to keep the lights (laughs) on. Let's be real about it. And so if that's the environment that you come from. Um, And that's what you know, then that's kind of what you're striving for is like, well, my parents are making it because we pay the bills and, you know, we always have a roof over our head. But in reality, like never like it's that future thinking that I see a lot in youth that like they just don't have it. It's like we have to survive day by day. So how do we, like, guide them in knowing that, like – I love the triple threat thing, Stallings. That's awesome. Like, I'm going to have to – that's amazing. And if I steal it, you just can't be mad. But, like, um, (laughs) I think – I just – I love that. And I think we need more people in this world that are telling kids, like, there are a lot of things that you can do in this world. Because I can tell you there are kids that went to a trade school that are making way more money than I could ever imagine having a master's degree because of their trade. And so – Coming from a home where, you know, and it's fine. People do what they got to do to pay their bills and raise their children and the, everyone does the best with what they have. But how do we raise a generation of kids that know that like there's so many options for you? So that's one question I have. The other thing I have, and then I'll stop talking so you guys can keep talking because you're doing awesome and this is good stuff, is I want to, I I think we, I don't want to like bash on the like, you know, um, the participation awards. But we've made it so easy for kids to, like, either, number one, like, just be like, yep, you did it, yay, you passed, without, like, putting a lot of effort in it. Because I know that I've worked with youth where they're like, well, I got a D, I passed the class. And I'm like, really? Like, what? where's that attitude going to take you in life? Because um, when I was going to school, a D was not passing. Like, you had to have a C or above. So <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't get it. Um, but I think we've just made it really easy for kids to be mediocre. Yes. And I hate that. So you guys do what you want with that.
3: I I was just going to say that. Um, I was just going to say, like, um, as 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 providers in the careers that we've chosen, um, working with youth. And I think it comes to, like, really parents and providers alike and teachers and, and, and people in general working with youth need to tell them the reality i feel like what you're saying amelia is absolutely correct if a kid has been in poverty their whole life and then we glamorize on tv you know this stack of money you know this brand new car this big crib and and all and everything that comes with glamour then of course every kid you know aspire to be like that but you know as 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 I'm raising my children, I'm teaching them, you know, like, you don't have to have the biggest house on the block, but you need to have a happy home, you know, you don't need to have, you don't need to have, you know, the latest car, but as long as you can get from point A to C, you know, um, you don't want to tell your kids, you know, not to strive to be the best, but we have to give them options of what the best is um for example like i see a lot of kids saying that they want to be you know a basketball player versus a science teacher because the uh the money a science teacher makes is nothing compared to what a basketball player makes
4: yeah and
3: uh, and you know and and the level of education a science teacher has to go under and the difference that a science teacher is making i feel like as a society, we don't value those things anymore, you know? Like, people are not aspiring to be scientists anymore. Everybody just want to be a rapper. They want to get rich quick. Well, exactly.
0: And, that's what I was going to everybody wanted to rich quick. We're like in a microwave yeah. era. Everybody want the microwave.
3: Everybody want to be rich. Everybody want to be rich quick. Oh, and yeah. I feel like, you know, that's... Um, that's 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 the kind of era we're we're living in. I don't I you know and and again to elaborate on what you're saying, Amelia, um, you know, as parents, because you're you're living in poverty, I think there's a lot of things they can instill in their children. You know, we may be poor today, but we're alive. Yes. We're together. Yes. You know, um and then I feel like a lot of parents are pushing their kids to have a four-year degree and you're setting up these kids for failure because like like they say listen to the youth school mm-hmm. is not for everybody exactly. if a youth tell you school is not for them as parents we need to learn to stop pushing them you, oh you need to go to school no no we have to change our way of thinking and we have to change the way we're raising the, the young as well oh. uh, I guess that's my stand on that.
2: There you go. So Sophia, when you say kids school is not right, are you talking about like post high school or you mean like K through 12?
3: No, no, of course, post high school. I mean, if a kid's from, yeah, I mean, post high school, definitely. I mean, um, I feel like a lot of us, for example, like I said, uh, my background, we're Haitians. And in the community I'm from, if you're not a nurse, a doctor, an engineer, or anything in the medical field to them, you're not doing things. And a lot of the, the 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 older generation in my community, it's like they're pushing their kids to be nurses, but not everybody have bedside manners. You cannot make every child become a nurse.
4: Exactly. If your
3: child wants to be, if your child wants to go to school for art, please support that. As long as they're able to make a living. You know, there's a lot of old thinking too, like where the older generations we have. We have this uh, this idea of what we want our kids to be. And a lot of people are trying to live their dreams through their Mm -hmm. kids. And that's and that's really a big no, no, because that's really, you know, to me, I feel like you're setting up that child for failure.
1: You know, when I think especially with sports, like I think there's a lot of parents through sports that are like, I'm going to make my kid the biggest and best and I'm going to do all these things. And in reality, what you're doing is you're making them either hate their sport that they're playing Mm -hmm. or you're just I mean, they don't want to listen to you anymore. So then like later down the line, you're completely screwed because they're just angry at you for all these things. And so. I think, yeah, like listening to our children and what they want to do and where they want to go and giving them their options is awesome. I think also, I mean, again, I mean, I'm not trying to like bash on schools or do any of those things, but I would have to say that growing up in my experience, like there weren't a lot of people that gave me options. Like I had no clue what going to college was going to be like. I had no clue what... Um, what I could do for a career. Like I literally like that was part of me dropping out of college the first time because nobody gave me that opening because it was just kind of like, like I didn't have the best grades. I wasn't the top in my class, you know, all 20 of us, (laughs) but like I sat in the middle, I was average. Okay. Because here's the other problem is because I wasn't a test taker. I wasn't the learn by like just sitting down and writing out, like doing a test. I'm a, I'm a completely different learner. And so If somebody would have taken the time to get to know me, I could have probably been, you know, like a little bit better in my class or whatever. But I think we have to make sure that we're listening to kids and making sure kids know what their options are. Because I remember being that 18-year-old going out in the world and being like, oh, crap. Now what am I supposed to do? I literally picked my first major in my college because a girl that graduated ahead of me went to that college and majored in that. And I was like, sounds great. I'm sure I could do it. (laughs) Like, that's crazy. That's absolutely Uh crazy. And I had to learn through life experiences and doing all that. And I wish, like, we just need to be better at, like, letting kids know, like, these are all your options. And in high school, I think, and I'm sure there's bigger high schools that do a much better job of this, of, like, letting kids know. Like, I love that there's some schools that are doing college classes now in high school because it gives Uh them that option of kind of figuring out where they want to go. Um, but there's also, you can get like trade credits and that kind of stuff. And so I just think we need to be more open to letting kids know that like, yeah, it's great that you're the top basketball player in our school, but what else are we, what are you going to fall back on? And what does that look like? And how can we support you in that?
2: I think it's, I think it's, especially because you brought up sports, um, I agree with you, like kids, kids need to have, you know, more options outside of sports, but I think that too, um, I'll I'll speak from my my from my stance. Um, you know, my kids came from two athletic parents, and, and Frank. Did, I I put this on Frank. So you know, Lavar Ball. Frank told me about Lavar Ball like years ago. Like this is probably yeah, I did time. before he made a big time. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, he, I told he, him. He, 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 he. He's, he's like you got you got look up this dude, man. He he got three boys. He's doing this. <laughs> so him. I I look at I looked at this dude up. I'm like, oh okay. And this is before this is before Lonzo even got to UCLA. It? Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Up up to some high school. Yep. And I was like, word. okay. And so like you know my kids are still still young, but I think like with your athleticism, you have a very short window. Yes, you, you have do. a very very short window that where you can capitalize on your athleticism. So it's like. Okay, if I have a child, if I have a kid that has this gift or ability to be able to play a sport, whether it just whether it just gets them through high school, whether it actually pays for their college, mm-hmm. whether they can be able to make it a profession, let's make sure we put emphasis on that so they can develop to be able to to do that. Um, but in the meantime, also to like expose them to multiple. Side, if they love sports and they and they don't make and they don't make it in that sport, they could be a statistician. Let, let's use math and be yeah. able to to incorporate it into sports, you know. And I think like you know, with with my students at school, that's what we talk about. Like, okay, well, what if you don't? Okay, what about sports medicine? You know, you you don't make it, but you want to still be around around sports. You can be a, you can be a sports uh being be sports medicine. You can be an athletic trainer. You can be there's several opportunities within sports that you can do um that's not an athlete and you still make really good money. And a lot of kids have no idea. Like like I said, like you know, look, look I tell them like, you know, look at the uh, look at the sidelines and all the people that sit like on the on the sidelines or you know on the computer, or whatever, those people are getting paid for that. I like think they, uh-huh. they that's an actual right there. And it's like, for real? Yeah, let's look it up. And so, you know, uh sports media and stuff like that, you know, so yeah, you know, I, I absolutely agree. Like you know, the more opportunity, exposure kids can get um, to different things, the better. You know, with me, like as a kid growing up, I was good at art, and I was like, okay, I want to be, I want to be a cartoon, I want to be a cartoon, uh, uh, I wanna be an illustrator. You know, and the school of didn't have that, so I was like, okay, what are you going to do? Well uh, Graphic design. Sure, I, I didn't even know what it was, so I did it because I was like, I was kind of like led to that. But you know, I did it and I was like, This is not really what I want to do, but I'll do it because I have the skill, right? But you know, now that I look back on, it, I'm like, that, I wish I would have had more options on about more options because I probably could have done a, something a whole lot better than what I ended up going to school before you.
4: Hey, Greg, are you there? Can you
0: hear me? Oh, yes, Greg McMuller. Yeah, you see us, you with um, Brian, Miss DuPont, you know. Him, Brian. yeah, what's going on, Jay? Nine months, <laughs>
2: bro. You doing good? Pretty good, man. See so you see so you add add another another one to your crew.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay.
2: Congrats,
0: <laughs> man. Yeah, she's gonna take the phone from me
4: right now. Yeah, okay.
0: Hey, buddy, you know what? We're talking about role models and um influential people in your life. And um I thought about you, you know, I mean, I know you and I had our talks and you're a Midwest kid, you know, and I'm not talking about Nebraska Midwest. You, you want to tell everybody about your story? You want, you know, seriously, you know, we know, you know, let everybody know. Yeah. You know, I ain't going to make fun of you missing that tackle on Brett Hundley. when y'all was playing against UCLA though. So I got that. Oh man. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so disappointing that
4: you want to bring up that kind of mess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everybody want to see something funny. Go look at the tackle that Greg missed on Brett Hunley against UCLA at the Rose Bowl, but that's enough of that though. Hey, how you doing, brother?
4: I'm doing good, bro. I'm glad to see you out here. I told y'all I was going to start participating and uh support what you do. That's what I'm trying to look to download the platform, let my friends and stuff know because at the end of the day, the more we get our platform, the better off we're going to be.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's like all you guys from Ohio got that LeBron James look, you know. He got that LeBron James hair like. Oh,
4: we're bullying already. Yeah. Hey, uh um, Hey, you Indiana people must be losing your hair fast. <laughs> <longer. laughs> nice comeback, Greg. You must, must be from Gary, Indiana or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg, yeah, we love you, man.
0: Hey, you know what? Uh, speak on some life experiences that you had um, growing up in Ohio and um, – Speak on, you know, some of the most influential people and uh, role models you had. I know you ain't got that much time, but anything you want to hit on and talk about? Let the audience know.
4: Oh, I mean, honestly, for my particular situation growing up, single parent home, watching my mom work her butt off. I pretty much gravitated towards men, not men in the sense that every man I was trying to be. Like, that's my dad. But it was more like, oh, what that man has to offer. Why is he successful? You know, I come from public school as well as private school background. So I got a taste of both sides of the grass. So for me it was like, okay, he from where I'm from, how'd he get there? You know, oh, wait a minute, I'm in a private school now. How'd they get to where they at? Because my success from what I looked at from the people from the hood was a different success than what I saw from the people from the suburban neighborhood. So I most certainly took a little bit of both and kind of made it my own thing and kind of developed the man that I am now. But I mean role models itself it's a bunch of different people that contribute to the man that I am so I'm just thankful that I had the opportunity to meet all of them because they all taught me something
0: that's funny you say that I don't think you heard us we said the same thing a few minutes ago um, that's interesting you, um, you touched on that yeah um, so coming from Ohio you had you have any coaches that you looked up to also that kind of like um, that was influential in your life and kind of steer you in the direction you are in yes
4: yes coaches Parson was my defensive line coach, and for high school at Hoban. And the reason why I liked him, he's six foot six, tall, skinny, had a Jerry curl. <laughs> 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 so we had to call him back because he was smooth, man. He was. But the one thing I loved the bottom was, like I said, he was the guy that was from my hood, yeah, and was successful. And when I say successful. He wasn't just, oh, he made it to this, that, and the third. He he had a normal job. No, this guy was one of the top officials for Bridgestone and Firestone Company. So oh, wow. he was almost the CFO. So wow. that was like, damn, this dude is a made man. Not just a, you know, oh, crap, he got a nice car and probably in his mama's name still because, no. <laughs> you know, he right, took right. kids, he got a college <laughs> education, he stayed where he was from, and,
0: Oh gosh, did we just lose Greg?
4: No, we didn't. That kind of shaped a lot of me because I spent a lot of time with him learning my craft in football. Yeah. And he was the one dude, like I said, which it was like, oh, he flew around from and he made it and he stayed. Good. He didn't have to run away to try to live on the other side of the aisle because he thought that was gonna be best for him. No, he still lived right in the hood. Nice house, nice car, but he respected. And that was my most important thing, respect. Respect. I, I mean, he could go. go anywhere he wanted, everybody knew who he was. It wasn't no nonsense, it wasn't no because he thought he was better, because he was real.
0: There you go, that's cool, man. And by taking, go ahead. I'm sorry,
4: well, and
1: I think that brings up that's hey, am, Greg, that's, that's Amelia, a, Greg. Sorry, hey, I'm off because I'm also chasing a baby. So, um, our baby's just turned baby. one on the same day. Um, but I think, Look, um I think that's one thing that we like I really like that point where you said he, I respected him and he was real. I think sometimes as adults we have we think that we have to like be these great big huge amazing people and like show kids that they have to make all this money and do all that but in reality like just be a real person, just be respectful, just you know, you do you and help other people out and I think I think that's huge, especially with looking at role models like look at the people who are
4: respected and why they're respected oh oh yeah and mo- and that's the and that's the thing I think a lot of us forget because like for instance, I had a mentor super rich probably worth thirty forty million dollars oh, and wow. come to find out wow, that re- that relationship was based off a financial gain hmm. it wasn't a genuine one. I've known him for sixteen years of my life, and it was just more so of a money factor and when that money factor he thought dissipated it was like Oh, I don't need him no more. Move to the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, somebody was willing to wait 16 years They like life to hope that I become something that I wasn't wanting to be. And then, when that didn't happen, it was have a good life. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. So, it, it goes both ways. That's why that real and respect is a biggie because he's worth a lot of money. But a lot of people I know personally don't respect him.
3: But, but at
4: the end of the day, when you have millions of dollars, who cares? Right. Yeah, yeah that's right.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. This, yes, this, yes. This truly goes back to my previous thought like we need to start teaching kids like being rich doesn't mean just monetary you know what i mean yep. I feel like we've lost the value of what richness really means. it's just green dollars and so we're going to chase the money and i mm-hmm. feel like a lot of people lose their way just going after the money you know
4: yeah it, and that's it's a and it's a hard topic to talk about because i mean i watched the interview with Monique and Steve Harvey and I knew what Steve Harvey was probably trying to say but he pretty much said that you had to lose a little bit of yourself to make sure that chasing that bag secure it for your family and I kind of I took it as do anything you need to do for the money regardless of your personal morals and integrity and that's where you got to draw the line because you know right is right wrong and wrong Depend no matter who's the oppressor you know you can't hey we want to be morally right but in order to be morally right you not you want to be broke <laughs> Or if you're morally going against what you want, but you can be rich. That's a that's that's the tough, you know. <laughs> be rich and maybe not be like, or be kind of broke, but be loved. <laughs> there you go
0: there, you go. Damn, that's real. That's real. Wow. Oh wow, Greg. Yeah, I, man, we appreciate it, man. You call in tonight and. We like this, man. We like this. Um, man,
4: next time I ain't got that much time. I got to check out right now. And I'm looking at the little baby girl. Say hi, boo. Hi, baby. Hi. hi. hi.
0: <laughs> hey, Greg. Hi. Hey, stop. Hey, I
4: got. Oh, look. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, look at. Oh, look at her. <laughs> hey.
4: <laughs> be bad as hell. I don't know
0: <laughs> what he cooks, but He bad, bro. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Oh, hey, I hope you have a good 4th July, brother. You know, man. Hey, you know how the talks we had, man, and um that's from the heart. Oh,
4: most certainly, man.
0: Hey, um
3: nice seeing you, Greg. Hey,
0: Greg. Keep your you head too, hey, dude, hey, Greg, keep your head up
4: no matter what's going through, what's going on right now. You keep that damn head up. You get what I'm saying, man? Most certainly. I got you. I got y'all numbers too. So if I reach out I know y'all going to respond back so I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, make sure you, you got Stones number 2. Stones good, bro. To talk to oh, also, no, man.
4: Bro, I got a contact, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, man.
0: Hey, do me a favor, man. Where you at?
4: Uh, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. No, right what now. store are you at right now? <laughs> oh. Super
0: saver, super saver. Yeah, go down to um, aisle eight on the hair care aisle where LeBron James sells product at. I think so. He
3: control that hairline. Hey,
0: what's that? What's that commercial? They sell the pills and everything. Um, it's always on Facebook. Um, not do G. Do something. I'm done
4: with y'all, man. I love y'all. Y'all be safe. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to y'all soon, man. Hey, y'all, I don't want somebody know him to know here talking about me with <laughs> hey, Brad, I love you, man. Keep okay. your head up, brother. Love you all too. Bye-bye, all right, bye,
0: bye. <laughs> hey, and that was Greg McMullen calling in. We appreciate that. That's that's good, right there. That's what we need. We need that. Thank man, you, guys. You wrong <laughs> for that hairline, buddy. but y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, you know all the boys from Ohio got that LeBron James back here, man. They all look like with their hairline. I don't know what some dude up in the Akron water. I mean, damn Ohio. I don't got no listeners from Ohio anyway. So damn, damn y'all. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> <laughs> don't, even, don't, even, don't even consider Ohio, Miss Indiana and Pennsylvania. Hey, <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: uh, you listen to Ben Frank now show. We got guests, Miss Sophia DuPont and Mr. Brian Stollens and Amelia. We're talking about some good stuff. I mean, damn, this can go on and on, but it's our first trial test run on zoom and it's recording so i'm gonna um put this out tonight um see how it goes but make sure you tune in this sunday well sunday with stallings interesting what he's gonna talk about um then we're gonna start miss sophia Dupont show up next week i hope Oh. (laughs) let's get her going yeah we a lot of people need to talk to her hear from her and now you can see, you can follow our Facebook page at Ben Frank now on Instagram, the gram, IG, wherever you want to call it. Ben underscore Frank underscore now. Hit us on email. That's Ben Frank now. 911 at gmail.com. That's Ben Frank now. 911 at gmail.com. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap up the show, anything you guys want to um let the audience know and let the listeners know and all that good stuff? <laughs>
3: i'm just I'm just ready for my show. I wanna be like Stalin's when I grow up
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, St- hey Stals, um you know um, yeah, your show's pretty good, man, you know you're doing damn good right now, but um, you know, everybody said we're not starting controversy, man. I mean, I don't know where all that's coming from, everybody think we're not everybody think we're agreeing too much, I'm guessing, right so.
3: I mean, it goes back to show like, this is why we're all friends. You have that, that net of friends that has, you know, a certain value. We all believe in what we believe in, but we also show respect to one another. Yes, We don't always have to uh, agree on everything, but you know, we don't need to disrespect one another either. So I feel like, disrespect is what sells now and, and, and yes. it doesn't need yes. to be that way.
0: Yes, yes. You I know? Mean, it's, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, it's,
2: it's it's like it's a part of the it's a part of the fabric of the culture now. Like where yeah, if it's not drama, it's not gonna sell. And I think that people are just you know they they're looking for that. They're like, you know, you can't be successful unless you have some drama, you know and like I said, I, I think I think that's not the format job that you're going for. I think you're you're looking for just you know give a, a platform to a variety of different people to to speak you know from their experiences and you know and, and just provoke you know thought you know have thought-provoking conversation about it um mm-hmm. you know there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff from every single person um and even like you know the the, uh, the step parenting uh show that you did last um i think that was that was amazing man like there's a, i've learned from every single show that, that y'all put up and I think that Thank that's you. that's that's a start. That's a start to to making some changes, man. It's like get people to think about having some empathy. Like think about what what are other people going through? How are yes. people perceiving the world? How are people? And I, I think y'all onto something, man. And, and you you wrong for that stepdaddy song, too, man. I, man. I fell out. I fell out Man. man. I thought like, you
0: were going to for that one. Wow. Okay. You know what? Uh, rest in peace to Mr. John Witherspoon, because I have, like I tell him, I have a maybe four comedians. I love comedy. Anybody that know me, I love comedy. There's like literally four or five comedians. He was the last living one I really loved. You know, Bernie Mac, um, Richard Pryor, John Weatherspoon, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, you got Chappelle, and um, old school ba- um, baby kids. What's his dad' name?
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: Harris, 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 uh, Robert Harris. Robert, yeah. yeah, and them guys they brought in. Oh, I'm sorry, Red Fox fell love him, of course, but I love comedy, you know, and that was fun. You know, I like to have people laughing and stuff. You know, how I am like, I appreciate you guys, and this is from the bottom of my heart. I really do. I really appreciate you, Sophia, you, Brian, for um allowing me to come in your life and allowing taking time out from your kids and your family, your jobs, what you're doing to come and do this little platform that I just thought it and put it together. Like, hey, you know what, let's do this, you know what I'm saying? Because you guys are dedicating your time for this. It's not me. Seriously. I put the money into it. I can give a damn about the money about it. I care about your time, your energy, and your effort. And you guys have been 100%. Peter, Chad, um, Scott, um, who else? Miss um, Stacy, Frank. I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. And um, this is the only beginning, you know. And anybody that know me, know, I like to dream crazy and dream wild. And, um, yeah, the numbers are good, but to me it's not good enough. And I told Amelia at first, I remember I told her my goal was to get 500 In in three months. Motherfucker, we got a thousand and three weeks. So, my attitude is we're gonna blow this bitch up. You know what I'm saying? That's how I am. You know, there's people out there, there's people out there that's hating that don't want it. You know what? Kiss my ass. You know what I'm saying? You can kiss my black ass. You know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna turn this some bitch up and we're gonna keep it going.
3: And then it's another thing, too. We can never please them all. No. That's That's just how it is. You can't please them all. I mean, you could just, you know, present it. The way it is, and yes. some will take it and some will leave it. And oh, um, yeah, that's
0: that, and that's why I can't wait. And I can't wait to get Miss Um Sam Frey on next week, and Robert Prisco, and Mr. Eric McAllister. Um, I can't wait to get Senya in one room with stalls <laughs> in the next, and Miss Sophie right in the middle. That is, cool. I'm gonna have my spoon. And my members mark, and I'll be staring. I'll be staring, and I'm going to enjoy it. But you know what? It's all about respect. and We all going to respect each other. That's how yeah. we are. You know, this is a family. This is a family. Don't make. I'm anymore.
3: looking. I'm looking forward to that. That's the first thing I got on and was like, "So is it happening?
0: Oh I, yeah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But um, I thank you guys. You know, I know it's late your time, but um, love you guys, man. Um, Stones, we get you good. Get you in on Sunday. Ms. DuPont, we really need to sit down and text and talk and get um, a lineup started for you. Um, You know, Sunday's belong to Stallings. Peter, we don't know what days he want yet, though, but you're up next. And let's go ahead and get your days locked in and let's get it rolling, you know. So um, have a happy 4th, eat some barbecue, wear your mask. I don't know how you're going to do that. Same
3: but. here, be safe. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. And Stallings, you want to put a plug in real fast? Anybody want to plug anybody in real quick?
1: Silence.
0: I mean, I think I think you did all the plugging just now, man. Well, I'm just talking about (laughs) y'all. I'm just saying y'all won't plug any type of advertisement. I mean, I got advertisement list. I need to start putting in. I just haven't really printed nothing off yet because I don't feel like changing ink cartridge. uh, No, I
2: mean, I don't. I don't have anything right in front of me. No, but um, but again, there's still again. Need the photography needs. You know, you got BLS uh, photography. um, www.blsphotos.com uh, check it out um yes yeah, that's, that's the only plug i have for you
0: okay and, light, and Ms. dupont
3: in light of our conversation shout out to everybody working with our youth man there we uh, go guiding Maybe them that. molding them you know there we go
0: and amelia anything
1: no i would agree with dupont i think it's awesome people there's lots of people out there that are making a
0: difference and we just got to keep fighting the good fight so yep okay well people you hear the music coming in We love you all. Have a good 4th of July. Be safe and love one another. Till next time, you already know, it doesn't matter your socioeconomical skills, settings, um, your race, your religion. I'm going (laughs) to stutter on my words because my baby's up for crawling on me. But I love you guys all. Be safe, be careful, and we out.